Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. The season-ending presser is today as McCrimmon, DeBoer, and select players meet the media. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, and you could follow us at Lockdown VGK, myself at Tony Dasco on Twitter, and Chris Gallick can be found at TD, Chris G, on Twitter as well. Join the conversation on our Locked On VGK Twitter handle. It's been lively, to say the least. So, Chris, VGK has the press conference today. It happens at City National. Kelly McCrimmon is set to speak. Pete DeBoer is set to speak. We expect the narrative to be around a ton of injuries and excuses. And just, you know, that's where I think they're going to be headed, to be quite frank. Let's have a drinking game today. Do a shot every time injuries are mentioned. Let's first talk about the good old boys network. And it appears on the surface, at least, Chris, that McCrimmon and DeBoer will survive the season of chaos. So my theory, DeBoer stays. They use assistant coaches, Steve Spott, Ryan Craig, Ryan McGill, all of them, one of them, two of them, as scapegoats. And that'll be due to the 0 for 19, 0 for 21 power play slumps, being at the bottom of the NHL in that category, the antiquated system that they're running, the failure on that uh, penalty shot situation, Ending the season at 0 for 17, we know that Spot is DeBoer's guy, might have to cut ties with him. If the front office stands pat today, the fans are not going to like it one iota. They have to make internal changes, and they could no longer bamboozle the fans and the media. It could be a very interesting day, Chris. Let's go and start. Let's go in, okay? And let's start with, do you believe that DeBoer survives? And I feel McCrimmon survives, too, despite all of his affiliations with the Frosted Mini Weekings and all of that and what have you. So does DeBoer survive? Does McCrimmon survive? What will the narrative be today at the presser? So let's start by saying that per the, v- the VGK presser, press release, that GM Kelly McCrimmon and head coach Pete DeBoer are scheduled to address the media. So that right there, the timing, I don't see a path to either one of them being shown the door at this point. Uh, I think if that was going to happen, I think that happened, especially DeBoer. I think if DeBoer was going to be on his way out, I have a feeling that Foley might have let him know on Thursday to kind of give him that last day to you know, the last game of the season to reflect and and, and all that stuff. Um, so that I don't see, and I don't, not, don't, not saying I agree with it, but DeBoer and McCrimmon, I think, are going to be around for another year, which also indicates McPhee is still going to be here. Now, to echo uh, your second question, will there be any other changes? Are changes needed? I think the answer to both those questions are yes. Um, Craig and McGill were gallant hires from day one. And I do feel that it was commendable that they were able to stay along when Gallant was fired from the team and stayed along all this time. I think uh, that shows some loyalty. 
And I think that just shows um, just a willingness to keep the peace and harmony with, if you will, with all of the players. Um, Spot was brought in when DeBoer came in. So I don't think Spot is going anywhere. I think Craig and McGill, if there's going to be any changes, and I don't think we're going to escape season five without any wholesale changes. So I think all eyes right now are going to be on Craig and McGill. And DeBoer might look to some of his uh, former assistants or uh, just kind of see uh, what's out there right now as the head coaching wheel uh, spins and churns. As far as the narrative, you're going to hear injuries mentioned a lot. I'm going to have about a quarter bottle of bourbon sitting next to me. Every time you hear the word injuries, I'm going to take a hit. And I predict by about, oh, 9.45, the press conference starts at 9.30 our time. I predict by 9.45, Golic's going to be feeling just fine. I wonder if they will call out, if the media will call out VGK about uh, the salary cap issues, the way that they played, or they thought that they were crafty and using the LTIR. I wonder if those questions will be addressed or if they're even going to be asked today. I think that the media will try and take them down a path. I think that everyone's looking for that hot take. And, you know, to be clear, the locker cleanout day sometimes can have a vibe of a little more laid back type of day. You might get some more fun questions and just the, the barriers breaking down between the media and the players. That's one of the, just the common things that can happen on this day. Now, after a very strange failed season five, I think the vibe is going to be different. Um, I think uh, at some point Foley is going to speak. He usually does. And Foley usually gives a pretty honest assessment of things and, and how he is uh, feeling. Um, I think they will try to, no one's going to directly say, hey, did you guys cheat the salary cap? But I think you will hear words like creativity and how do you feel your chances would have been with a full roster in uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs should you had qualified? I think those types of questions will be asked and it'll be curious to see how it goes. You know, you're going to hear DeBoer allude to, it would have been nice to see how this team would have performed when fully healthy and the players are going to say the same thing. Um, it'll be interesting to see the reactions and I'm curious how much we actually do get from McCrimmon and Foley and DeBoer because the salary cap outside of the injuries will be the most asked topic, I believe. Yeah. And VGK, you know, keep in mind fans that VGK was right there. They should have been a playoff team late in the season. That's when they said everyone was going to be coming back and VGK should have gotten there. And that was the failure. How transparent will this organization be today? We hear the name of Joel Quinville out there. Bill Foley has been more patient, I think, with Pete DeBoer than he was with Gerard Gallant. Uh, There are so many questions that have to be asked, but I think that the fans today coming out of this presser, they're going to demand honesty because The natives are getting restless here in VGK land. So let's talk about Pete DeBoer as far as let's, let's say for a moment, Pete DeBoer was fired or will be fired today, right before this uh, presser kicks off. What is Pete DeBoer going to be remembered as what are his accomplishments and how did each of his seasons end? So let's start with the first season after he replaced Gallant's. We're up three to one against Vancouver. We almost lose that series. And, uh, you know, the 
the scoring touch goes silent. We we get wiped out by Dallas four to one in a non-competitive series. Last year, beat Minnesota. Granted, it was seven games, but that's okay. That, that was a seven-game series. Six games against Colorado after losing the first two. Oh my goodness. That probably, in my opinion, is one of the best, if not the best, VGK performance in a playoff series. And then after that, here comes Montreal. We were like a minus 300 favorite or something. Some just astonishing number. Fleury has that terrible turnover. Uh, Golden Knights lose, and the series was never the same after that. But a coughed-up opportunity against a large favorite, similar to Vancouver the year before. So now fast forward to season five. Drop the injuries. I don't care about the injuries. If the Golden Knights would have been, you know, the fifth or sixth seed all along in the Pacific, fine. We can talk about the injuries and how it was just bad luck. But this VGK team was competitive and led on and off the Pacific Division with many key injuries. The biggest failures, a word you're going to hear a lot today, the biggest failures occurred as the key players came back. I'm going to be careful and say as the team returned to health, because we know this team was not full health. Jack Eichel, as good as he was, probably still isn't full health. Uh, Mark Stone, we don't got to beat that drum too much. We knew he was pretty much skating on one leg out there, it felt like. I'm curious how much more we do learn. Um, Alec Martinez came back as of late. He probably had fatigue issues until the last, you know, seven, eight games of the year. But the team struggled the most down the stretch as our key players returned. In my opinion, that's hard to excuse. It is really hard to excuse that. And back to my point about DeBoer, Coughs up a 3-1 lead against Vancouver in his first season. We come back and win. Season two, we lose to the Montreal Canadiens in the Western Conference Final. As odd as that sounds, but that's another story for another time. And then season five, we fail to make the playoffs after being competitive in the Pacific all year. Yeah, and after, so, yeah. after controlling their own destiny down the stretch. Multiple yeah, times controlling their own destiny. Multiple yeah. times. You know, you have to win that game, you know, the, the big game. Which game? Dallas. All the games, but yeah. Well, you have to win the big game in <laughs> Dallas, at least, you know, to try to turn the corner. It, they had everything locked in, you know, on their, own t- on their own side. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I'll say it again to my point. Right now, this moment... This is how DeBoer is writing his VGK script, if you will. You know, his resume, should he not make it past season number six? You know, I don't think he comes back immediately as a head coach, even though he has a track record of success out of the gates. You know, I think he's looking to catch on as an assistant. And then, you know, 2026, 2027, that's maybe when he makes his uh, return to head coaching. So we're coming into an important year for – DeBoer and uh, a lot of players right now as well. One of the reasons why I don't go to these pressers because, you know, I, I kind of lose my cool. I'm not a smart ass, but I would have to ask a question today about Robin Leonard and why there was so much lying around his injuries and deception and deceiving everyone. And I wonder what players, Chris, they're going to parade out. Get me fired up. It's early in the day. Deep breath, drink your coffee, Tony. Drink your coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if I were still drinking, that bourbon bottle might be halfway done right now. I already started. <laughs> okay, so my guess is today, you know, players are going to parade out. Stone, perhaps Eichel, and Patch are ready. 
do not send out Carlson, please, for crying out loud. And at the end of last <laughs> season, right, we found out, Chris, remember, we find out that Alec Martinez had the broken foot. So what injury surprises are we going to have today? It's going to be the narrative will be all about the injuries, not about just choking, basically choking down the stretch. OK, and, and one of the things that we've seen out of this VGK franchise is in crucial and key games, they just they can't score goals. Let's just throw away that stupid pond hockey game. They can't score goals, you know, down the stretch. And that's been a trademark of this Vegas Golden Knights team. No doubt about the goals. And we, we agree on most things, Tony. But one spot where I will challenge is with <clears throat> injuries and, you know, the Robin Leonard situation. I'm not challenging. I'm not going to bat for Robin Leonard by any means. But the teams, they don't have to be honest when it comes to injuries. They don't have to tell the home fan base what's really happening. There's a cat and mouse game. There's a chess game. There's so much more happening at, than what we just see at face value, starting with why they made Robin Leonard dress as the backup days after he says he needs season ending injury. So salary cap applications, who knows what all this is, but point being, I think people do get a little overly, I mean, half a second here. All right, there we go. I think teams do get, or little fans do get little a little overly sensitive about the, the bourbon didn't go down smooth. Um, they get a little overly sensitive about injuries and what we're told. We don't need to be told anything as fans, okay? We are not owed responses. There is a game within a game, and then there's games within the games after that and more games within the games, whether it's quote-unquote gamesmanship happening, whether it's things needed to manage a salary cap, whether certain boxes need to be checked when we are trying to use a salary cap to our advantage. So that's where I'll challenge the comment about the team not being honest. I get it. You get it. Everyone gets it. We don't like it. We want to be in the know, but it is what it is. Um, as far as other injuries that are going to come out, if Mark Stone or anyone else comes, comes clean, you know, Mark Stone is still injured, even though many of us felt there was issues um, more or less related to the salary cap. But Mark Stone, his back, his leg, <clears throat> who knows what it is, but something is going on with Mark Stone. I'm curious to learn what that is. Um, I think we might learn a little more about the Alec Martinez injury today as well and why he missed so much time. Um, yeah, we've heard, things, we've heard yeah, things alluded a, to, um, like a, a sinus issue. issue and sinus issue, concussions, you know, yeah, so, just all sorts of issues, you know, after that slash in the face. But yeah, no, I, I hear you, Chris. I, I just think that uh, it's going to be interesting, and I want to see what players they bring out there. Uh, Pacioretty's been the most honest of late, and I, I'd like to see him come out. I'd like to see, you know, maybe him be more transparent than others. Stone was very emotional down the stretch. Eichel, I think, needs to meet the press. Those are my top three that I would have out there today. We will keep an eye on everything going on there uh, over at City National. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to be, I'm sure, we'll have some huge reactions from our end. And stay tuned to our Twitter handle as well uh, throughout the day today at Lockdown VGK. Coming up next, a former VGKer is probably the number one star in Monday's playoff openers. Don't miss it. More when we return right here 
on Locked On Golden Knights. What is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes that are delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh has fit in wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes uh, each and every week to choose from, including low-calorie, they've got carb-conscious options. HelloFresh offers the uh, flexibility that you need to easily customize your order online or in the app and easily change your delivery every day. Your, uh, all your food preferences, your plan size, you can skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh with over 50 menu items that you could choose from every week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family-friendly, and gourmet options providing plenty of variety. I'm always on the run. Chris is always on the run, and we always have to grab food fast, and HelloFresh is the best thing going. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16. The code is LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. It's America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Welcome back, Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We thank you all for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. And uh, it's available, free and available, wherever you get your podcast. And so, Chris, last night, you know, watching the playoffs, I have to admit that there are some players that might have made a huge difference on the VGK, perhaps this season, if they stayed around. David Perron is just still going. And he might have something against Marc-Andre Fleury because he beat him three times in the game last night. And we saw St. Louis prevail in the shutout over Mark AF. A lot of fans were upset when Perron left. And I thought that they missed at least, you know, from last season's team, another player, Thomas Nosek. You know, I'm watching him just buzzing around. I think Nosek would have fit in really well this season, uh, perhaps on the fourth line. He plays on the fourth line in Boston. But well, those are two former VGK players that are impactful and still alive in the playoffs. Yeah, Tomas Nosek, he definitely had that fourth line uh, role locked down or locked on, huh? locked up pretty well when, in his time with Vegas. He had times on the third line and he uh, had some solid playoff performances, um, had a huge year in the AHL just prior to coming up. Um Unfortunate to see a guy that like that leave. If we want to go a bit farther, um, you know, watching uh, uh, Belmar leave a few, you know, after season one, that's when I mean, geez, he comes back to kill us every single time um, he plays VGK, as do most former uh, VGK players when they come back to Vegas. Um, Mark Andre Fleury, I don't know. A lot of people, some people were happy on various Facebook groups watching him struggle. I think those are your Leonard truthers out there and stuff like that. So I think you just got some sour, sour apples there with David Perron. And he's uh, just looking back at his stats came in the league back in 2007 and dude still, you know, kicking and doing well right now. Um, looking back, like at his 14, 15 numbers and stuff like that, he was as low as a minus 25 
at one point in his career. And then going back to the season, he actually started with Vegas. 50 assists, finishes as a plus one in his four campaigns with St. Louis. He's always on the plus side in his plus minus. So plus three, plus two, plus six, plus eights contributing big time. And I just think the reason he was let go after season one was the retooling of line two and their lack of defensive ability, James Neal, Eric Halla, and David Perron. Um, you know, if we could look back and have a do-over with a guy like David Perron, I mean, David Perron or Dodonoff, who would you rather have really fast? Yeah, definitely. I'm a Perron fan still to this day. And he just steps up big and you can't beat experience in these big games as we've seen. And for Marc-Andre Fleury, right, Chris Uh, Fleury, it's the same old uh, VGK song and dance, more or less. Uh, he, again, he gets scored on, but his team can't score. He must have thought he was back here in Vegas last night. They can't score a goal, Minnesota. Yeah, and that's that, that's unfortunate. But, you know, Tony, if there's one thing that's been pretty common, Minnesota just doesn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. And in my little in my personal bracket, I got the Blues uh, winning that series, I think, in six games. Um, Minnesota, what a retool team, starting with uh, with Kaprizov and his contributions. And he started the season a little bit slow, and he's been on fire as of late. And a lot of other solid acquisitions. But at the end of the day, if you don't put a goal on the board, none of that absolutely matters. So you know, like you just said, Tony, you can't beat experience in the playoffs. David Perron been doing this for uh, you know 15 years or so now, and many other members of the Blues have that Stanley Cup pedigree you know this is the time of year where that stuff matters which you know makes me reminisce a little bit about what might have been with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights minus Jack Eichel of course who's never been in the playoffs and doesn't know what it feels like but many other players on the team do know what it feels like they know what it's like to win Stanley Cups and so um yeah now I'm going down the other path thinking about what might have been Tony yeah it has been a very strange season to say the least VGK out of the playoffs and for the first time since the Golden Knights have been a franchise in the National Hockey League the Los Angeles Kings they the Kings notch a victory for the first time since I think 2016 uh good take good take good take <laughs> I had to go there and uh, uh first time since 2016 uh five points had separated Edmonton and the Kings and Mike Smith with a uh, flurry like Legaff, Legaff, <laughs> you know, where he comes out of the net and turns the puck over and then never recovers back in the cage. And uh, so that series, I thought that that was the best game of the night. Hey, did you see the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs game? Uh, Toronto is one of my teams that I picked to make it into the final, along with Edmonton. We won't mention that, okay? <laughs> but the Maple Leafs last night, the Kyle Clifford hit. Wow. A five-minute major a game misconduct for boarding. He was hitting everything in sight as uh, he just really ramrods into Ross Colton. And that was in the first period of game one. And I would have to imagine there has to be a suspension of sorts coming up. Do you think? Um, Honestly, Tony, I didn't watch a whole lot of that game besides scoreboard, besides scoreboard watching. So I don't have much to offer on that. Um, But yeah, the Kings Oilers game, I do think the Oilers still find a way to advance in that series, but Mike Smith, I mentioned that in our preview yesterday, and I think a little bit last week at some points, Mike Smith had a nice run as a Stanley cup playoff goaltender with Arizona uh, the year they 
eliminated the Blackhawks and that terrible Ralphie Torres hit on Marion Hosa, which is probably why they advanced in the playoffs that year, to be honest. Um, but Mike Smith and John Gibson, you know, those two have a lot of parallels as far as how things roll. They might go really great for a period or two. And then, you know, I said this again as well, it's the pitcher with the no hitter. Once the floodgates open, Mike Smith can't stop a whole lot. And now he's turned pucks over in key situations. So Edmonton, even though they've played good defense down the stretch and Mike Smith has played well, it's a clean slate now. And if Mike Smith wants to uh, shake his um, uh, shake his reputation, he's going to have to not do things like he did last night. Yeah, that was so Marc-Andre Fleury-like. I mean, we saw that last year. That, I know that hurt, but you got to stay in the net. Come on. And especially if you're an experienced goaltender, for crying out loud, today we've got uh, four games on the docket. Of course, I'm a Rangers fan. Uh, you believe the Rangers could be there in the Stanley Cup final? I do. Uh, no, Tristan uh, Carey, right? Tristan. What Tristan Jerry, the goalie. Jerry, yeah. Tristan Jerry uh, will be in that uh, for games one and two for the Penguins. And uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. The, the Penguins, Rangers will prevail. We're not, they're going to win that series. Okay. And then uh, we've got the Caps and Panthers, the Predators and the Avalanche, and the Stars and Flames. And uh, that should definitely be uh, one of those uh, series there that uh, you know I, I think the chalk's gonna hold up here i was just uh, thinking that in my head yeah for those four games tonight i think uh, we should have all chalk i think in those contests but you never know and they're more tightly contested stay with us when we return coming up next we've got this henderson silver knights they're playoff bound they're going to colorado but chris will examine who will be from the silver knights organization on the vgk roster next season don't go away. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com, both at home and also in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for some parts from an uh, auto chain store or a car dealership? Don't do it. Uh, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for each and every customer they have everything that you need they have brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpeting go to rockauto.com right now and you could see all the parts available for your car or truck and all you need to do folks is write locked on in their how did you hear about us box that they have there so that they know that we sent you again it is rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thanks for tuning in today. And for your next listen, check out Locked On Now. They have nightly recaps of all the NHL playoff games with analysis from all of our local experts. And it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Chris, the Silver Knights, the AHL affiliate. They will hit the road to begin the playoffs on Wednesday night. 
Who should we keep an eye on from Henderson to be up with the parent squad next season? Brendan Brisson would have to be the number one target that will be up with this team, right? No doubt on Brisson. He is, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm still fighting this here, but Brisson is the number one um, candidate, if you will, to, in my opinion, make the day one roster in a season where there's going to be many changes with the Vegas Golden Knights for season number six, just based on the salary implications. I think a number of Silver Knights are going to be required to fill in um, that third line role, maybe fourth line role of Carrier, you know, Colsar, Nick Waste to get our down line four and such. But you're going to see, I think, a revolving door of Silver Knights early on outside of Braswan. Braswan, I think, is going to be there day one and stick health pending. Um, on defense, Miramanov, he was called upon many times to fill in the gaps when needed um, outside of Ben Hudden and uh, Dylan Coglin when there are many injuries. So I think Miramanov comes back for another season. You see him bouncing around. Um, as far as some of the forwards who I think are going to be more mainstays, uh, starting with someone like uh, uh, Pavel Dorofiev, he has the size and NHL, he passes the eye test for me. He's someone that I felt last year might have made an impact at some point. He did have a couple of games up with the Golden Knights. Not a lot as far as stats goes, but he was just kind of in, you know, spot relief. 63 games played, 52 points down in Henderson. Look for Dorofiev, I think, to come back up. After that, you know, you look at LeCision and yeah, like Ronberg. Mm-hmm. Paul Cotter, I, I think it's going to be up to them just to kind of, you know, for one of them to distance themselves from the other. Um, LeCision definitely seemed to get the nod more than the other two players that I mentioned. So I think he'll get, you know, that first look. Um, a wild card I'm going to give you right now, Jermaine Lowen. Uh, Jermaine Lowen, he's a big body, fourth line grinder that can fill in that Ryan Reeves role in the sense that he's going to punish you every single shift he is on the ice. But Lowen took a big step forward from last year to this year. Last year, I just felt Lowen was slow based on his size, had a hard time keeping up with the play. When he hit someone, it was great, but more times than not, he was just, you know, a tenth of a second late to the corner to put that hit on. You didn't see a lot of offensive contributions. Uh, This year, 44 games, 14 points, six goals, eight assists, but his hands seemed to really improve around the front of the nets. Uh, Watching him in person, I do think that he's a player that could be a wild card to get a long look to make the team and help be an energy player, a spark, maybe a protector in some of those games where, you know, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm not a Ryan Reeves truther by any means, but Ryan Reeves in some games, just simply to be on the roster. You know, we we talked about this with Dallas uh, last week, teams do prepare for guys like that. You don't need them out there every game, but someone like Lowen, when you're looking at a big physical game coming, just simply the other team knowing he might be on the ice, that could be a, an interesting uh, an interesting tool in the tool belt, if you will. I don't see much as far as the goaltenders coming up next year outside of Logan Thompson, obviously. 
Uh, Patera had an okay year, 22 games, 276, uh, 9-1 save percentage. Isaiah Seville, he's someone that's really come on as of late. He's put up a 9-2-9 save percentage in his eight starts, and he went 6-1 and one down the stretch. Uh, the Silver Knights are, are, are riding a six-game winning streak as well coming into the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, went 5-8 and eight against Colorado. Calder uh, Cup their opponents. Two. What's that? Calder Cup and two. Calder Cup and two. I love it, Tony. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the AHL expanded the playoffs as a result. The, all three of these games are on the road, which I think is a huge disadvantage. The Dollar Loan Center has been electric and rocking with the Golden Knights out. I think uh, a lot of the VGK faithful are still uh, starved for hockey. So if they can get out of this first round, Tony, um, playing at the Dollar Loan Center, having more hockey come into Vegas, I think the Dollar Loan Center sells out all the games with ease and uh, could be exciting times. But you got to take two out of three on the road in a playoff scenario where besides being designated the home team for uh, the second game, no road, you know, minimal fans there and stuff. It, it, it's a tough task, but if they can get out of this first round, I think they can make some noise in, in the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, Calder Cup in two, eh? Let's go. All right, and I wanted to ask you about Ivan Morozov. Uh, he signed that two-year entry-level contract earlier in the week, uh, last week, I should say. And Morozov uh, comes from the KHL, played with St. Petersburg and Sochi and had 11 points uh, this past season, five goals, six assists. He's got quite a buzz. Yeah, no doubt, Tony. And, you know, there's a little more of a sample size about Perswan as far as playing at that level. But sure, let's uh, let's see how the playoffs go, see what he shows. And uh, it would be really nice to have five or six options at the AHL level, most of which that are going to be on a two-way contract and just kind of see what sticks as the season progresses. And uh, we thank everyone for tuning in and making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. Coming up on tomorrow's show, a recap of the presser. If Chris, Chris will be hungover because he's going to drink a shot every time they say the word injury or injury. What are you talking about? (laughs) Should be a fun episode. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. The hosts are Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone, and they help you to become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cradasco, and we thank you all for tuning in to Locked on Golden Knights. Take care.